Welcome back, everyone. Episode three of the S1E1 podcast. I'm your host, Jay Gags. I'm here with four of my oldest friends, Gordo, Nick, Ferg, and Joe. Each week, we're going to go back and watch the very first televised episode of a various sitcom. And we're just going to discuss it and tell you if this is a show that we would have greenlit or canceled. For this episode, we will be discussing Home Improvement. Uh, Definitely need to get that out of the uh, systems uh, now. Uh, uh, there will be more. Uh, 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 right, oh my god! So, Home Improvement <laughs> lasted eight seasons on ABC. It had two hundred and four episodes. We're going to be discussing just the very first episode, which was creatively enough called Pilot, and it aired on September seventeenth, nineteen ninety one. So just to start off, as usual, have any of you never seen Home Improvement leading up until this week? I can't believe nobody would, right? Yeah, I honestly never saw that episode. I would have thought that nobody would have ever not seen Friends, but as we learned a couple weeks ago, that very much can happen. So I figure every episode, I should at least try to put that out there early on and see if somebody didn't see it. No, I've seen the show and I did remember the episode more than I thought I would, honestly. I I didn't didn't see that. We watched the whole season last year in order, so it's hard to (laughs) kick it out of my brain, but we watched it all (laughs) when I was young, but then we rewatched it all last year. Give it a DVD. We will only be focusing on this episode and we will be erasing any knowledge we have of other episodes. So episode one only starting from the beginning, right at the intro. I love the intro. The, the intro iconic, but just to watch it even for the first time, quote unquote, I love everything about it. It's dude. How good is the music? The music is so well done for that intro. It's usually these campy fucking sitcoms are just like this generic crap. But this I felt like was like very unique to the show. Yeah, just an instrumental piece. Pretty simple. I love the transition effects. It's like you get right off the bat. You, It's just, it's a family show. You know that he has something to do with being a handyman. I don't know, like if it would be relevant later on in the show, you see that he's wearing a Detroit Lions uh, shirt. So, you know, the show potentially takes place in Detroit, but yeah, just pretty cut and dry intro tells you. I think it kind of, I think it just takes place in Michigan. I don't think it necessarily has. I don't to know be if they, yeah, I don't know if they tell you where I love you yeah. in the song that it, it ends on the button of the. <laughs> yes i literally instantly laughed every time i hear I that it. i laugh it's a tough so, one yeah it's it's hard this is a harder one for me to erase knowledge of i'm gonna do it every moment of it i, I laughed through the whole thing of uh, me too the, yep the whole episode and it was me too yeah very enjoyable the show starts um you see their house and the first thing that flagged to me as soon as they cut to it is this doesn't look like a typical sitcom house which i loved it looked more realistic the layout was just a little different and it something about it just really it resonated yeah because usually you see they're set up in a sense that each room is its own set right so they would go from living room into the kitchen and they're all these boxy shapes that they just you know perform in basically this one is like a very wide open set which i really like uh yeah, the house is an you- open floor plan it seems more realistic i also think they did that because they they get to this further in the episode too but i also think they did this to kind of give the uh, impression that they're not poor people right like they're yeah they're, this they're is a nice successful. house yeah in a nice area and, and and things like that yeah like i wouldn't say it's it's no mansion by any means but it, it's a nice house I like yeah, the uh, I like how for... the backyard is also in kind of incorporated too into that set as well. You know, you have the whole layout of the house and then you also have the back door that's open as well, where, you know, you could see the kids running around and you could see the neighbor and so forth. I think that's kind of a cool thing to do with that. Yeah, the glass door is a nice touch that you can see outside. It gives more depth and you can get a better scope of the whole set and you know their world. 
And right from that intro to the house, we cut right to a show within a show. So we see that the uh, the main guy in the show, the dad, happens to be a television host and has his very own tool show. So it's just a cool dynamic. It just, it gives you, I don't know how to put it. It's just, it was just something different that you don't see on every show. It's like every character has a job. Every main character has a job. But this was like, I don't know, it's just fun to have a show within the show. Well, that that was one of the things I noticed. And I, I couldn't really think of another show uh, in a sense that most sitcoms start in a way that the say the husband comes home. Right. And he was at work. And that was really the end of his job at that point. It was all about his home life. This does a really good job of mixing the both of those. They do a lot of his job and a lot of his home life. Yeah, and you so, don't see that very much. I don't think so. I'm trying to think of the shows that incorporate media like that, like Mary Tyler Moore. Right. Like that was in a television setting and like full house danny tanner yeah say wake up san francisco is a good example so they don't don't lean on that very much they don't go to his job very much where this is as soon as the show starts you know that this is going to be a big part of the show because they're they're introing you with it they're they're giving you more tool time than they are home improvement to start the show well so i think the trick too that i love is they show it on the tv and then you're in yes yeah yeah that pulls you right in there's no awkwardness you're not watching it in their living room they show it you go right it's like when they say Armageddon in Russian in Hunt for Red October and they all speak English. Yeah. Perfect move. But what I think is different too than like say for like the Mary Talent, like because you can do workplace like that, that that exists, right? You have plenty of shows like that. But when say Mary Talent Moore was at home, she wasn't on her typewriter doing work, right? But when Tim Taylor is at home, he's still doing the same stupid shit that he was doing on the show. He brings it with him, which I like. Yeah, you get that that's his whole life and he can't walk away from it. He's that character. Yeah. yeah. The man does what he loves. We've done it as soon as I mentioned the name of the show and then the grunting, the it's something it's very infectious and then you can't help but do it yourself and it's like what what is that you know like that was so just... the first grunt came if you don't count the intro a minute 40 into the show but you also have to remember tim allen is a stand-up comedian and that's where it came from right that's part of his routine yeah, yeah i was gonna say it had to come from there but i mean if you're just listening watching in a vacuum like we are i don't get the grunting it's funny as hell but i don't get the grunting yeah at all. you don't like to go back to when we were kids when the show was live like he was a huge stand-up you know like he wasn't like wildly known in every home up until home improvement came out so but i would say the level I, of seinfeld at that point right like jerry seinfeld like he was know, he's the a santa claus he's damn, not right? on tv like sam kennison or somebody all the time screaming but yeah right. so i think he's for most now. people the <laughs> gets introduced to us through this show <laughs> uh, i don't know i always i always took it as like you know it's, it's always like he's got the whole manly thing and that was just him like like a caveman almost like yeah and i had yeah. that I have that written down too. It's like something that, that hits you extremely early in the show is like he's a masculine character, right? That's something that they established very early on. He's into tools and grunting and like he's a, he's a man. More man. power. Even to the point where he's like constantly like kind of womanizing his wife too, when is not, you know, as entertaining, but she gives it back. So it doesn't really come off as super shitty. Yeah. Yeah. They have a bit of a witty repartee, but it's still a little rough. No, I can't stand Joe. One thing I liked about tool time is that 
they created such a complete show. Like we've talked already show within a show, but tool time is established. They, they put a lot of thought and effort into creating that specific show on its own, where like you could have easily watched a half hour episode of tool time. There was, was enough gonna, meat on the bone. I was going to say, I wanted a tool time show. So watch the red green show. This. Oh, we'll, we'll get to the red green show eventually. Mm-hmm. Do not worry about that. Right, Barring you know, red green though, that show doesn't exist. Like you have like this old house and the Yankee workshop and stuff like that. Yeah. But those weren't, those were a lot of like on sites and stuff like that where they're fixing houses and stuff like that. This is very obviously a studio audience show. And I don't think as far as I know, home improvement in fiction is the only thing that's ever really done it. It's an interesting yeah. concept, right? Like you think of like, oh, I want to go in the audience and watch Maury or I want to go in the audience and watch a game show. Like, <laughs> right. Who wants to be like, I want to be in the audience to watch this guy mount a door. <laughs> like it's just well, I, No, <laughs> back in, in the 90s though, they had those kind of infomercial shows with the, yeah, with I guess the studio the audience where that thing was made to sell Binford tools and that's yeah. why everything it was but, but I was it- always curious because clearly he doesn't know what he's doing or like he has a bare minimum it always messes up is that show supposed to be taking serious taking serious or is it like it's well it's hard right because we're watching the first episode and we don't like- know he's going to continually mess up he messes up a lot at home but we don't really see the mess ups at work yet well we kind of did like right off the bat the first time we were introduced so we have Al who is his number two guy in the show who plays the straight man to his kind of wildness right off the bat the first episode of tool time you're seeing there was a standard what i can't remember specifically what it was but whatever tool he was supposed to use he wanted to use the the more powerful version of it so it was, it was like, an auger i think it might have been an auger it was a big yeah. ass yeah. drill yeah so, I mean, <laughs> so we established that right away with tool time and then we cut to the home life where he's doing the exact same thing he does on the show so he that this is who he is and now it's the dishwasher that he wants to beef up I was going to say, I don't get that this is an infomercial. I don't know if it's quite supposed to be comedy or I think it's supposed to be just informative. Uh, in Tool Time is supposed to be an informative show and he just happens to be this kind of that's exactly idiot. That's exactly what it is because you have to remember that this isn't the Tim Taylor show. This is a Binford Tools show. Yeah, like Binford is the one creating the show and Tim just happens to be the host. Right, It's he made to sell the, tools. It's made to be serious. He's the driving force he's the personality behind it and it's it's interesting to think like outside to overthink you know what we are supposed to do in a sitcom but like how does a man like that receive this job if he's not that, that's why i question is it meant to be a joke or not or if, did someone just say this guy's got it like, like what do you think tim taylor went to school for like is yeah. he some sort of like media guy or is he an engineer of some sort like what because yeah, you do? don't find out the backstory in this episode so you have to sort of guess and you, you figure he must have been some master craftsman when you first see the episode he's on tv right but this leads you to believe that this dude was going on like like some sort of uh not interview um what the fuck did actors do when they go for reading Audi- yes did he yeah. go and like audition for this is what i'm saying yeah so it's it's interesting because i think when you're watching you you can't imagine he's a very like he knows enough like he can talk about all this stuff like when he's talking about his dishwasher at home when he's talking on the show he knows what he's talking about but he just gets in his own way like he overshoots it because they make it pretty clear especially at home that he constantly messes up Every time he tries <laughs> yeah. to fix something, they have to call the fire department. Track record of failing over and over and over again. But this is still his livelihood is that he's a he's a tool man. It's kind of a great conceit too, right? Because if you're the kind of person who is a really good you know, carpenter, uh, you're a really good construction worker, whatever, you're handy, right? This is funny for you because you're like, look at this guy messing up. I'm enjoying this. But if you're a regular person who likes to do this stuff and enjoys it, but you're just not that good at it, it's also really relatable too, right? Like how many times have you messed something up that you wish you could do, right? Because that's 
how I feel about it. I'm like, oh, I really appreciate what this is because I want to do more in my house. I have a Sawzall and I can't believe I have 10 fingers still. You, you know what it is? Is like he messes up a lot, but he knows what he does wrong. So it's not like he's not clueless. The pot, not to get ahead of ourselves, but when the dishwasher blows out the backside, he immediately says, oh, you forgot to tighten like a knot or something, whatever piece he says. But no, he was just blaming Mark. That I don't think that was actually the issue. He was just making it. He was trying to pass the buck in that instance, I think. But, but to that scene too, right before that, when he goes, he's trying to figure out the ground and he's like, yellow, the sun is yellow. It heats the ground. It's the ground. <laughs> Pre the internet, if we didn't have phones in our pockets, that's something that would have happened to probably most of us. Maybe not Nick. No, I would have just shut off the whole like house. <laughs> I would have felt like guessing. it was too dark to work without the lights off and done the exact same thing he did. I was going to so, say though, but he's very knowledgeable when, especially when he's talking about the compressor and he's going through all the parts of the compressor. So he knows oh, his he just specs. knows so Jay, he, what, what, I, what's yeah. up, Jay? Well, finish your thought. I was trying no, to no, go ahead. Go ahead. It's, it's not that I was trying to. <laughs> Talk when I, I know. Can, go ahead. If you would like to do it this way, we can go ahead. Go ahead. What I wanted to say was, as we talk about this, I think the the weird thing about his character is you instantly like him, but he shows you very <laughs> little reason to like him. At work, he's advised, "Don't do this, don't do this." To the better judgment of his coworker, doesn't listen, does what he wants anyways, and fails. You know, leaving them to pick up the pieces. At home, he does the same exact thing. He doesn't listen. He doesn't listen. He fails. Even early in the show, Jill has to go for a job interview, and she's just like, "I need you to be home to." do this or can you i forget what basic task she asked him to do like i think it was watch, just, the, watch kids. the kids and he gave her a hard time and you're, and you're like she just wants to she has a job interview like listen her, but her you husband. don't think you don't think that's the most relatable thing though nobody fucking wants to watch the kids right and yeah, but like, in every show, it where... just like happens. And but I, I like that he was just like, uh, no, I'd rather do something else. Right. Like, yeah, I but isn't like there like that's... a point where like it should be somewhat it's relatable, but you pick your battles. So when your wife is like, I, I'm doing this thing that's very, very important to me. Like, I need you to watch the kids for a little while. And they're not infants. So it's like, yeah, she's basically yeah. saying sit at home and make sure they don't die. See, I didn't. Yeah, but I, think I didn't get the take point that, that he doesn't pick his battles and he can't pick his battles. So I just thought when you look at all these pictures up front early on he doesn't give you a lot of reason to like him they're also I, I they're like also him, they're also driving the chauvinism across right which at the time wasn't as big of a deal so that was more accepted that's what they want him to be like that was an accepted way to be regardless of whether or not it makes sense now but i think that was the point they were trying to get across yeah, yeah and one thing i noticed too that the show is oddly sexual for 1991 there's a lot of references to uh you know was it the last thing you said in bed to me was no <laughs> you know and there's jokes about them <laughs> yeah. having sex later on and there's all this sort of uh she gets him naked by the end you know there's a lot of there's a lot surprising a lot sexuality for an abc sitcom from 1991 i think a lot of the battle with play off of children the wife won't sleep with the husband i think that's kind of a like a lot of shows lean on that i think it's just because it's also so true to form you know what i mean like yeah. uh you know the further into a marriage you get the less that happens so and it's on a lot of people's minds who are married so they're they're going for the base right they're trying to get viewers based on them replicating reality. So in these senses, I think they are doing that right. As far as adult-like humor, one note I had was on multiple occasions with different people, he makes a butt crack joke. 
and like, and I wrote <laughs> I, I, at one point in my notes, I wrote another butt crack joke. Why? <laughs> <laughs> like, like that's such a weird, like you don't hear people say butt crack very often. So for him to go to that, I know joke it sucks multiple times. It's just so weird to me. I'm like, why, why? That's just a stereotype for that profession. More plumber, plumbing than anything. But you think of that with construction work because their asses are always hanging out. It's the bending professions. The bending yeah. professions don't lend well to uh, to the butt crack. Oh, they make that. What are the what are their shirts called now? The like Duluth Trading Company makes a special shirt for workers that goes longer in the back, so that when you bend over, they're just like, like dad bod shirt shirts. <laughs> I was going to say, to go back to Nick's point a little earlier, do you think that this show, because I have this written down in my notes, do you think that this show would fly today? No. no. I think no. you could do this could. show, but they're gonna, you can't say things like these plates have little sissy flower patterns or you can't say um, you know, some of the things that he says to his wife. I mean, I guess you could in some ways. It depends on the tongue-in-cheek. It depends on... Jill's a different character, I think. She's stronger in this than most female leads are, she I think, in a lot of shows. But she, now I feel like she'd have to be... She's sassy. But I feel like also when you have a like a kind of male chauvinist protagonist in the story you have to humble him within all the episodes to make that work right if he's like if he acts that way towards women or whatever and it comes off wrong like as long as he's made to look like the fool, and there's no repercussions for it yeah as long yeah. as he's made to look silly for being that way then it like it balances but you can't be that way and succeed throughout life like that's yes. when it looks bad so they're not celebrating his chauvinism God, i think right. the most the most you couldn't do now is him and his son having their shirt off together and making butt crack jokes that's the one thing that aged worse than yeah, and, and not to be and not to be like too meta about it i don't think this show would fly today but i also don't think it shouldn't fly today you know what i mean like i feel like these networks are just so like worried about getting canceled over one thing or another that they like restrict all the dialogue to a specific set of things and you wouldn't be able to do this today but having said that i i think it brings out more humor overall which is what you don't see nowadays it's all just like it, there's a lot of crap out there because of that that's what comedy is it's saying inappropriate stuff and making you uncomfortable and it's like oh i can't believe he said that and, and it, yeah do, light on the fact that they're doing something wrong that right. is, yeah. for sure and that's yes. what makes it funny yeah. and everyone can take the joke out of it but also to your point nick that's kind of what tim allen's new show or i think it just got canceled but the last show he was doing <laughs> was like that right because it sort of falls under all the categories of well, I mean, three, three seasons right a little more right wing uh, a bit longer than that I, I, we'd have to look it up Ask i think me, eight or nine it, seasons. it had a nice little run i don't think the general subject oh, we'll matter was it. the issue was the problem i think it was like he was injecting a lot of that right-wing stuff into it unnecessarily and it just at this point in time wasn't the right time to do it but yeah that show was interesting too because it started before a lot of the current political stuff happened so it was just kind of like a ha 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 he's this character and then yeah because we watched all of that show too and once you hit a certain point where it got political it got a little heavy-handed but i also think it it worked because of that you didn't like not have to like the character but you right. found humor in it well there's there's a certain safety and i don't want to i don't want to make this a whole episode of last man standing no save it I, for, for when we, for do, when we do last man standing yeah and we will um, but i think what happens with any show like that is um anytime a character is outspokenly politicized or anything like that it's a very tight balancing beam uh, and you're going to divide your audience right so you have to find a way that the people who agree with the character the characters presented in a way that you still like them and you have to like and now this is you know whichever way you go left or right 
if you don't agree with the character, they have to flaw the character enough that you can root against them. It's like, it's a really tight act. And I think that's why a lot of shows wouldn't want to go that route because the, the margin of error is very small. You can very easily yep. uh, mess that up and it's just not worth it. Like that, And that's what it comes down to. It's just not worth that kind of a balancing act. Yeah. I, I think that they balanced it perfectly with this show though, as yeah, you guys and, noted. And it was obviously a very it different did. time as well. But I want to sure. go back to the show. Yeah, back uh, to the a show. Few times, <laughs> a few times we meet the neighbor. Uh, Wilson. So the thing with Wilson is there's like three or four different scenes where you meet Wilson throughout episode one. The first time you may happen to notice that you don't see his face, but it's not like maybe it was a one-off, right? Just the situation where he was standing. As you go through this episode, you realize this is a thing. You're not going to see this man's face for whatever reason. And I kind of like the mystery that went with that. You're not going to see this guy's face. You're not going to know why. And that's fine. It's a weird quirk of the show. Yeah, I like yeah. that. That's the kind of thing too that seems very piloty, right? Like you have this weird thing. They say the kid doesn't work out, change the actor. We've got this guy who's a neighbor. We don't see his face. The kids aren't reading that. It's not working. Change that. But it's stuck. It, like it took, right? You And we know that with hindsight, obviously. But I love the idea of taking weird, bold moves like that and the fact that they do work out. Because you see that a lot if you watch like a pretty well-known sitcom or something. You watch the actual pilot and the cast is sort of half different. And you see these ideas they went for that they got bullied out of. So yeah. I like that they went with this and they kept on to it. Yeah, and I think it, it's weird because like he's he's very much the old wise man. And he's the man that Tim is going to go to for advice over and over again. Even as early as episode one, multiple times he went to him for advice. You can see that he's a well-traveled, well-educated man. He seems to know a bit about everything. Tim plays this ignorant, uh, goofy character to it who kind of, when he tries to relay the lesson learned from Wilson, he's going to flub it up. He, he's going to say things the wrong way. But How do you spell that? <laughs> so I liked I like the dynamic. It, it he's he's like the he's almost like a father figure to him. Mentor. Mentor. Mentor is the word. Thank Good you. Midwestern folk wisdom. Yeah, and I only, like um... the vibe it brought to it too. It was very philosophical for a sitcom. Um, and I feel like that's due to Wilson, the neighbor. I don't even think we know his name. Yeah, Wilson. I think they, they yeah, did say it. I think they say it pretty him. pretty early. Yeah, but I, that's definitely due to his influence and his interactions with Tim. It kind of brings it to this meta philosophical level he's that most Tim's, sitcoms don't get. Yeah, he's Tim's like moral compass almost like he helps him, you know, because I think morally Tim wants to be the guy who's just like, fuck it, I want to do what I want. And Wilson's the guy who's there to be like, hey, here's why you can't. Life is hectic. There's people all over the place. Things are insane. And then Wilson is Zen and soft and slow. Yeah, and it's, I, it's kind of an interesting dynamic the way they do it, too, because they meet in the yard. So it's like Tim has to Tim, who typically messes up wherever he goes. Right. When he needs a moment to step away, like literally step away from the situation, get gather his thoughts. He can do that via his yard and talking to his mentor. And it, you know, so it's kind of a figurative and literally like that's how he goes about it. I, I just think it was a nice, nice dynamic for the show. It really it takes a break from the, the wackiness it gives you, but still remains silly because of the anonymity of the character. You know, think, what? Um, a question I had, too, was, you know, because we're talking about Wilson, who is a, a side character. I at this point would not have considered Al a main character, right? He doesn't no. get as much screen He's got one, time. one scene on the whole show. Episode. The very Yeah, the opening scene is the only time you see Al. And I think, you know, we're, we're going to discuss this all the time, ignoring the future episodes. But I feel like they should have injected him a little bit more into this episode, especially considering what he does become for the show. Well, I think they're introducing you to the world, right? So like I said at the top of the episode, we're learning within a minute that tool time is a big part of Tim's life and it's going to be a big 
big part of this show. So we do learn that Al is a part of that. So we know that he's most likely going to have more meat on the bone as time continues. But also like to go back to what Joe was talking about earlier, it's a pilot. And that could be one of those things where they didn't want to overly have him be part of the first episode because he could have easily been a character that got cut like moving forward. He might not have been a a mainstay on the show. Yeah, and they at least show him because they mention not Heidi. I know we know the names later on, but they mention the the female. um, I forgot her name. And I wanted to say it was like Lisa. Lisa, yeah. Lisa, yeah. They mentioned her and you didn't even see her. So yeah, they they sort of just give you an idea, a glimpse of the world. Very quickly. I think you only heard her and then saw her in a glimpse. Yeah, she might like hand him something like when she, the auger or whatever. Because she does the, does everybody know what time it is? Yes. And Jill mentions her later when she talks about her, like her boobs. Lisa already has a job. Yeah. yeah, great line. <laughs> and that was the other like when I spoke earlier about Tim's not you like the guy, but he gives you no reason to like him. You know, I talked earlier about his unwillingness to help out when she needed just him to watch their kids so she can go on the interview. When she doesn't get the job and he finds out before she does, and he doesn't know the the right time to tell her, which is fine because that's understandable. Like you're you're waiting for your moment, but when yeah. the conversation happens, he shows no sensitivity towards towards the situation, and you're like, how does he not realize that she's crushed in? this moment that she didn't get this job that she felt so confident that she was about to get well i think that's go ahead ferg i was just saying that's more his way of trying to comfort her he's telling you don't have to work i make plenty of money for both of us he's trying to be there for her but he just doesn't know how she's feeling about it yeah she wants to be a strong woman who you know work and that's where they i feel like they highlight the disconnect between them two because jill really wants to work right that's what she wants to do and they make that very obvious what an idiot yeah right no shit but i think that they're also in the same sense trying to highlight that Tim knows that he can support her and provide for her and he doesn't he he wants her to know that she doesn't have to work right and they they both don't understand that about each other she wants to work she he wants her to do you know whatever she wants she doesn't have to work blah 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 he can support her and that that's where they kind of butt heads she he doesn't understand that she doesn't understand that did you find it interesting that in the show we established that they have three sons but really only one of them has any significance to episode one where the other two exist and we know that but they really hardly hardly get looked at well, that's or not true they, they talk to two of them so you don't I, I can't remember I know their names but I can't remember which one is Randy's Mark, the Brad. middle one Brad's Randy the older Brad. right because he's JTT and he has the turtle shell scene so he gets like a moment where he's like I found this turtle shell they make some some funny jokes about it and then you get the scene Aphrodisiac. obviously with the, the toolbox and uh, the tool belt and everything but the oldest son doesn't get any specific scene which is interesting because sucks say, that's what kind of made Tim actually likable you could tell he was a good dad yeah and just a good family man maybe not towards his wife he means well especially when he's you know talking to the sons and he's like oh well you know we gotta you know fix this and you know you don't want to be sitting around naked and they're like all right yep we're out you know you could just tell he's like a joking kind of fun easygoing dad that's also one of the the funnier uh weirdly sexual jokes too is when wilson says the turtle shells are aphrodisiacs and he says (laughs) wouldn't that hurt putting it on <laughs> totally lost it. Wilson, who I think that. right around that same point of the episode is making squirrel tea. Yeah, he's <laughs> cooking squirrel. He's barbecuing squirrel. Yes. And it was like catch of the day. 
you understand that this character is interesting and there's there's a lot of layers to him that hopefully in time we will learn about but the idea of eating squirrel was so like it almost took me out of it like out of the episode for a second we're like this isn't this is too weird for everything else going on well i think it's because he doesn't seem old enough to be retired but he seems like that retired guy you know he's just like filling his day with things he wants to do or things he's interested in and you kind of get that right off the bat when he's he's like playing a door or he's you know cooking squirrel and stuff like that this guy clearly has a lot of free time and that's why he's there but how does well, one acquire sense, squirrel meat Did well he- if you're cooking squirrel you're obviously nuts and your jokes <laughs> are obviously a corny <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh. So is he a is he a squirrel hunter? See, yeah, in my head, he like knows. Trapper. In my head, he knows a guy who sells squirrel meat. <laughs> I feel like that's a kill of opportunity in his yard. You know, I'm sure he has like sort of weird, crazy trap or something. Because yeah, he set out to be like a a very sort of Scandinavian Midwestern guy. Like he says, he trades something for snow tires and accordion. <laughs> right? Like I feel like you're supposed to guess he's sort of like maybe like a Scandi family of that sort of old, cold, you know, trapper people. There's just something about, and again, it's just something about I'm making squirrel that turned him from wise old man mentor to he might be a serial killer and we'll it's, find that out later on. Yeah, like I shouldn't let the I should build a bigger fence between him and my kids. Maybe that's why the, the fence is like seven feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> that's both I mean that's the weird thing you see in a lot of these sitcoms, right? Is you have to give somebody that kind of quirk. Yeah. Or it's like, hey, baby. this guy is really smart. He helps him through the day. He is who he leans on, but he does something crazy and wacky too. Yeah, and I like, they can't let that not be a thing especially to think of the time like we said it was 91 when the show comes out it's very very common to have that kind of abnormal character be a a presence on a sitcom something to be so drastically away from the norm that it's like the comedic relief but it's weird to give that role to the guy who's being the voice of reason on the show yeah it's a cool position it's it's kind of a cool position that they put him in because it's almost like you know you think that he He's, you know, he is so philosophical and everything, but you don't know if he's so out there that he's crazy or if he's just maybe part of the land or he's part of you don't know is there so much mystique to him that I mean I just think it works perfect for the context of the show it's such a opposite to the goofy Tim Allen we've talked in past episodes about the amount of characters that were introduced to like what that sweet spot is whether it be too many too few in this episode I I felt like we were introduced to a lot of characters but we didn't get to learn much about half of them which is fine if the show is going to continue on because it gives you some time but I thought like when you really look at how many people we were introduced to episode one we really only learned anything about half of them maybe yeah it was nice they didn't overkill you with everybody nobody had a crazy story you couldn't get behind they just sort of paint the world pretty well and pretty easy you get hey this is this guy this is what he's into this is his family he works here those are those people we'll get to them later and you sort of just get pulled in for the ride yeah because we have tim who we learn a good amount and and right away with jill we kind of have a good assessment of who she is and i think that's done well like i said maybe they didn't touch on all the kids enough episode one but there's time that, that was that, that was a 90s thing though a lot of old sitcoms kids were just props yeah and you focus on the parents who are the main characters but then, like we said too, like t- tool time like with al we, we didn't get a lot of al we probably could have got a little bit more al uh episode one but you know you have 22 minutes to play with so i understand See, that. that that was only strange because of what we know about the future of the show yeah you i'm know? going by but, the amount yeah, of i think in the vacuum we that doesn't to. seem weird so when you think of just how many faces we saw 
uh, versus how many of them got any character development early on. But with Al, I guess even in a limited play, you do know that he's the straight man to Tim on their show. You know that he's going to yeah. play the serious role, the antithesis of Tim's zaniness on Tool Time. I just think uh, it was important to show the two main characters established. Tim is almost toxic masculinity and stuff, but they also show his he's willing to change, which is why he goes to Wilson to seek advice. It's why he listens to the advice. That's why he goes on his show and monologues about what happened in his life and apologize. And for someone that masculine, it's obviously not easy to change yeah. or apologize. So that that's an, another thing that goes back to why he's likable. Because there is that redeeming moment at the end of the show, right? Where yeah. they're at tool time and now he is doing his best job to try to re-explain what he learned from Wilson. <laughs> The best. So, um, he may jumble up the message a little bit. It might not be as clear, concise as it should be, but he's trying and he and he does a decent job redeeming himself, especially, you know, with his wife, where he sincerely apologized to her and used a, a public platform to do it. Do you think the TV show is regional? Are we on just in Michigan? Are we on tri-state area scenario? Because they show watching at home vibe. and then when the, the guy mean, comes later you mean on. Tool time, right? Tool time, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, 100 percent Yes. It's a, it's that was because we don't have like UHF channels anymore, but when we were kids, you can remember things. Right. Right. The WLVI 56 Kids Club, right? Like only people. Well, what the hell? <laughs> Al Caprillion. <laughs> Al Caprillion, yeah. I'm assuming RIP. Yeah, um, I, I'm, I'm under the impression that he is a local celebrity. Because I love that he gets called out by the handyman who's at the house, who's like, hey, is that that tool guy? Like people around town seem to know him. Yeah. But they don't know his name. So I want to so yeah. get back to that because that's kind of how the show closes. And that with Jill cons Tim like by lure of sex to get into the garage so he can lock him out to then hire a handyman to fix the dishwasher that he destroyed. <laughs> now, and, clever, and, it's, it's, and it's fun. It's it's cheeky. The thing is, like we talked earlier about like what is Tim's actual skill set as someone who can operate tools? So we were under the impression that he might overdo it at times, but he knows what he's talking about. Whereas here, we were stuck in a situation where, all right, he failed and they have to call in an outside person because he can't fix this on his own. I think maybe Jill's just punishing him because she knows that that would kill him to have somebody else do that that that's possible too maybe jill gets off on it she likes to this is a sexual game for them that's what i'm thinking <laughs> i i don't think that's what it is no, i didn't get wrong, that man. vibe either but hey maybe bunch of prudes but did you guys notice when tim took his shirt off there was only two people in the studio audience that were like woo woo <laughs> <laughs> so I did want to I did want to discuss this because two weeks ago we talked about friends and I corrected Jay on it being a laugh track. And I know both of these shows, Home Improvement and Friends, were shot in front of live studio audiences. But yeah. I think that these pilots were not because they're pilots. This is a test shooting. This is not something that they are at the time aware of being picked up for further episodes. So I think in this this instance, I think these shows are being shot in front of laugh tracks instead of live studio audiences. So I did notice a lot of what felt like uh, laugh tracks in this because I almost felt like the laugh tracks were coming in a second or a half second before they should have. And that's what made me think that it was actually a laugh track. Yeah, I'm not sure. I didn't get that from it. Like I said, the whole woo thing, it was clearly like one one or two people. And then but also that could be take seven, different. right? Where they'd that's say, true. hey, when Tim takes his shirt off, everybody go, woo. 
and they keep messing up the line because <laughs> yeah. they're working with a kid actor and on take seven or whatever there's one lady in the crowd who's still really into tim allen with his shirt off that's <laughs> all just, that's left there she's just hammered and they're just feeding her beer yeah they're just putting booze in her and take it off baby <laughs> arr, arr, arr. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> yeah, it, ha- it has been a while. So if, if you need to get one out of your system. <laughs> so, um, so I mean, that pretty much closes out the show. So uh, we've discussed everything. I think yeah, we've uh, discussed everything. We didn't really go over the dishwasher scenario. We yeah, we touched on it. And it was um. I do want to touch on this because I laughed so hard when he got electrocuted. Yes. Oh, me his, too. Yes. The did. way he played that off was just like it was perfect. He went into the garage to scream alone. It was hysterical. <laughs> I loved when he got electrocuted. The it hopping. A, it really was a really good me. balance. It was yes. he animated that, but he didn't overdo it. It, yeah, was it wasn't like, over embellished. It was, I feel like, an accurate thing to somebody getting like zipped like pretty yeah. good. But they, you know, you're still this kid's dad, right? You wanna you wanna be that dad for all you can't lay on the ground and cry. So he had to hop away, you know, keep his arm <laughs> behind him. It was hysterical <laughs> when he got electrocuted. I also so, think the funniest line of the whole show was when he said next uh, teacher how to treat a severe electric car <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's the best line of the whole show and, and honestly as far as child actors go that kid was pretty good you know child actors suck right he because actually gets children right. i liked what mark did they did they obviously did a lot of close shots on him because they were probably filming out a sequence and stuff like that just to get him and stuff sure, like that yeah. you could tell but i think overall he was a pretty decent actor at the time looking back at this episode now do we feel we talked earlier about would the show work today as a, as far as a televised entity but do we feel that looking at the show is it still relatable is it still realistic within the confines of a sitcom is this a show that you think in some modified version works today yes i don't think they do it right but i think if they did it could work today i think all of the issues are relatable right like the parenting issues are relatable the job issues are relatable the trying to do things you can't achieve but you really think you can you know it's all it's all relatable i, I think they do a good job is it a little dated sure but i don't think it see i found this less dated than friends oh for sure i feel the same way it seems way more evergreen and and sort of timeless that whole show is unrelatable is the problem it's all just about relationships this dives way more into just like actual life yeah and i think when it comes to family dynamic right the world will change but for the most part your relationship with your parents with your spouse there's a lot of things that are timeless as far as that goes exactly yeah so i think there's a lot of relatable stuff that you know as we watch the show now in our 30s versus as kids we can still watch this and connect with the tim character on a different level than we were able to as kids and we just found it entertaining back then I, I think the show definitely holds up as far as the test of time and like whether that means it could run again in a new version who knows but uh, this show certainly has legs and, and, and it holds up so let's just go around the horn from there I guess right yes and I will add this it would be fantastic if they could find themselves on some sort of a streaming service for those of you who are oh my god yes. it is incredibly yeah. difficult to find home improvement and be able to watch it unless you want to pay two dollars an episode I think this is a Disney Disney licensing issue at the moment. I believe you will see it on Disney at one point. Yeah, they, they bought I mean, Fox and Fox owned it. I well, believe. A, no, ABC. It was an ABC show, and ABC has that link with Disney. So hopefully, it's a right. Disney but if you show. notice, it's a Buena Vista show, which uh, is oh, the yeah. Magic Kingdom uh, logo. So yeah. it is it is related to Disney and something else, which I think is the problem. Because I will say, it shouldn't be mer- it shouldn't be music dollars. rights. I said I wouldn't imagine it's music rights with this. Like like Drew Carey is a classic issue, right? Where like you can't stream Drew Carey anywhere because there's yeah. so much music in it they just yeah. don't want to pay for it but home improvement yeah, and, aside and from 
somebody and who knows someone might things. have it and it's let's say Disney has it they might want to just be spacing out their big content to like True. keep people around because if you want to pay to rent or buy on like your Xfinity or whatever if you get into the show it's 204 episodes like no, they, they, they wouldn't put that on Disney Plus. they would go on Hulu or something and all the stuff that we said like is borderline Disney's against and- yeah that's true but because I don't personally want to spend upwards of $500 renting every episode well you don't have to because you can yeah. get the home improvement box set on eBay for $50 which I did look at because oh, like I said we deal. watched all of it last year and I want to watch it again so it was streaming somewhere it was on Hulu maybe is that Blu-ray uh, uh, no it looks it looks <laughs> no it just looks like DVD but each different house, set right? comes in a different like custom box and so they go up from there so like you can get like the really nice and it's a toolbox basically it's, say, a small if it's not like a Binford toolbox then that's <laughs> yeah awesome. so severely messed up it's a toolbox that you can get in like really good condition like you can get it on Walmart new for $85 so but you can get it used on eBay for 50 and stuff like that so you're in the range of being able to afford Can I get one that comes with a DVD player (laughs) (laughs) do you not have a DVD player anymore or at least no it's it's 2021 you have a PlayStation and an Xbox and they they don't play normal DVDs they only play Blu-rays that's a lie that's a lie yeah it doesn't seem right to me he's 100% wrong I'm not wrong I've tried you know you put it did you put a like a ROM in there or something did you use like a floppy no they put the wrong DVD RW it's it's dead technology he put the HD DVD he put the disc in his hot dog toaster no because it's already it's already full of hot dogs I would not make that mistake your Xbox is already full of hot dogs I don't have an Xbox. I don't own trash systems. Okay, nerd. Well, any- all right. So anyways, so we- we've set our piece with the show. Time to go around. Is this a show you would green light or cancel? Gordo, I'm going to start with you. 100%. I loved everything about it. I like the campy joke. I like the-, the good parenting, the odd neighbors, philosophy, the kind of, this definitely has legs. It should definitely run. Ferg? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, For a show that's with all the slapstick and everything, it was surprisingly deep. And I just, I would love to see more joe yeah it's got everything right i know it's gonna be hard for me i'm, I'm gonna be the person who says yes to almost everything just because i love terrible sitcoms but this is a good version of a good terrible sitcom it's kind of the perfect sitcom of that time and i, I think the nostalgia of when it came out right obviously plays a bit to it but uh-huh. I, would, I would love if he said hey we're gonna redo this and i'm i'm wilson now let's redo it like that'd be so happy I'm pro no I, I i would be so upset i don't know remake is always bad do you think tim allen's a different comedy today you could you couldn't remake that it wouldn't be good even if it was still edgy it would be terrible you would have to focus more on tool time i think and let that be the meat of the show no i feel like that's what they would do but it's not what you should do what about like a larry sanders show type show where it's home it's just tool time and then it's the backstage at tool time that's tool time that would be an interesting show i would only watch it if they replaced the if tim allen is the wilson i would want george lopez to be the tim allen <laughs> oh, one they, weird note i wanted to bring up too i forgot about so when i used to work putting up garage doors like when we we're in high school uh one of the companies that we dealt with a lot like that just a company makes garage doors their um spokesperson was al like richard Hearn. <laughs> so every box like one out of every three work days you were spending all day just pulling out all these giant boxes with Al Borland smiling <laughs> yes I know that company because they had him on the back of the trucks as if the door was open yep, and he's Dalton. like yeah yes oh man I forgot about that company and Nick to continue on 
one. Um, how do you feel about the show? Would you green light or cancel? Aside from the fact that this show checks all the boxes, I'm definitely green lighting. This show hit very close to home for me. I I kind of, you know, my dad was a, a similar to Tim Allen type of guy. So I, uh, I resonated very much with this show. And I'm very upset that this is not on a streaming service and that I would have to go to Daily Motion on my computer every time I wanted to watch it. But I, I want to keep watching the show. I love this show. 100% green light. So, we'll be going endorse piracy. So to yeah, to bring it to me, also with all of you guys, I love the show. Uh, even from episode one, watching it, it just it hits right away. I just think the the comedy's there. It's a fun element. The tool time aspect of it is super intriguing to me, and I really like that about the show. And uh, you know, would want to see more of it. I want to get to this point where we're going to be a little more controversial with our decisions. But I think we picked such mammoth shows uh, early it, on. It's coming, it, Jay. Don't worry. Green, but yeah, I think there'll be more disputing to come. Uh, overall, five for five on Home Improvement. Great show. And uh, congratulations, Home Improvement. We give you the green light. Uh, yeah. One last time before I close. So anyways, that's it <laughs> this week. Thank you, everyone, for listening to S1E1. Any more information on us you want, you can go to S1E1pod.com. That will link you to everywhere where you can find us you play our podcast and i'll link you to all of our social media so catch us there thank you for listening we'll catch you next week and uh, 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 uh.